This podcast is sponsored by LiveProducersOnline.com, a community of Ableton Live users connecting you to the pros to learn today's music production. Well, hey, everybody. Uh, I'm Dan Giffen. Welcome to another episode of the Ableton Live Music Production Podcast. Uh, Today, we have another very special guest. His name is Brian Funk, also known as Afro DJ Mac. Uh, He's a musician, producer, songwriter, and Ableton certified trainer. Uh, Brian has taught thousands of people how to produce music, teaches advanced music production with Ableton Live course at Berklee College of Music. Uh, He's produced hundreds of Ableton Live tutorials. If you haven't already seen him, go check him out. And he's made over 150 sound packs. Um, And he also is the host of the music production podcast, which you should also check out. Uh, During this special series, you might have listened to the last episode, which is about Ableton MIDI effects. Today, we're going to dive into the audio effects portion, and we're going to mainly focus on that with Brian. Brian's a wizard when it comes to like sound design and manipulation with effects, so I'm super stoked to learn lots of cool stuff from him today. Um, Just like the last podcast in this tips and tricks series, we are going to have a video recording of Brian and I going back and forth and talking about the audio effects that we use and how we use them. So if you want to actually see a video replay, then you can go to liveproducersonline.com and join. Um, And then when you join, uh, you want to either choose the basic or the pro plan. Um, We are having the Black Friday sale, right? Because everybody is spending money they don't have right now for the holidays. So if you we have 50 percent off any membership, if you use the discount code gobble. So G-O-B-B-L-E, just type in gobble for the basic or pro membership. Um, and then you guys will be able to have access to this video and all the other videos in our events page that we've had, as well as courses and track feedback from producers and doing private lessons with other certified trainers. So without further ado, Brian, thanks for joining us, man. Hey, Dan. Thanks for having me. I'm a fan of your podcast and it's great to meet you at Loop. I'm happy to be here. Thanks. Oh, dude, Loop was magical, wasn't it? That was crazy. I just wish that was every weekend. Although I'd probably be super broke with all the airfare and like just buying things in LA. Yeah, yeah. But it'd be nice if you could like bottle that feeling and that inspiration you get hanging out, talking with all these different people. It was, yeah, like you said, it was an awesome weekend. It was, man. It was really cool. And it was funny because you just look around and be like, oh, I've seen that guy. Yeah. Oh, I know that guy. Yeah. Or I've seen that guy online. It's just like yeah. a celebrity music production hangout. It was great. Well, that happened to us in that listening section. I was like, oh, yeah, we listen to each other's podcast. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, yeah. Brian and I, they would have all these sessions and breakouts. And so there was a guy named uh, Foodman. He's a producer and uh, he's from Japan, right? Mm-hmm. yes yeah. and yeah a big japanese producer and he had a breakout session with only like 20 people or so and brian and i saw each other and met each other there and we got to go around and share like music and tracks that we were creating and how we made it and it was a cool cool little session and that was just one of the many sessions that loop had that ableton puts on um every year ableton loop for those of you that don't know um, and this is the first year that they did it in the United States. So it was pretty cool to be able to like actually not have to travel to the opposite side of the world and be able to to go to L.A. and and meet a lot of really amazing music makers. So next year, if you guys didn't get the chance, it's an application process. So not everybody gets to go. But if you get the chance next year, I think Brian would agree to highly recommend to go to that event. 
Oh, yeah, definitely. And there'll be a lot of good materials coming out, um, videos and stuff that you can watch too, which is great. But definitely being there and talking to all the people, those are some of my favorite parts of the whole experience, just running into people on the street and being like, oh, hey, what's up? <laughs> it was one of the few moments in my life where I didn't mind standing in a really long line because everybody else in line was like yeah. doing the same things you were doing or wanted to. It was cool. Um, yeah, very open and great vibe and communicating with people. Yeah, man. Well, I want to get to know you a little bit better right now. So um, obviously, like you have a lot of experience producing with Ableton and you've been teaching over the last who knows how many years. And, um, you know, we're going to dive into the the tips and tricks side of the audio effects today in Ableton and pick your brain on that. But I want to get to know you and let our listeners get to know you a little bit better. So tell us, how did you get started like producing music? And then how did that eventually lead you to Ableton? Well, my first experience was playing guitar. Uh, 14 I was when I first picked up a guitar. A buddy of mine showed me how to play Enter Sandman by Metallica. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, I'd never known that if I had a guitar, I could actually play the songs I heard on the radio. In my head, for some reason, up until that point, like being a rock star or musician was like, you know, you came down from like the heavens or like an alien spacecraft. And you, it, it just seems so out of the realm of possibilities that I'd never even considered it. So it really blew my mind when I first played a song on guitar. I was like, oh my God, I could do yeah. this. And that, that excitement and enthusiasm drove me, I think, through a lot of the really difficult beginning stages of like learning guitar, for instance, like your hand hurting and you're, you know, you, you, you're terrible and you're not making any good sounds. <laughs> right. um, but pretty soon after that, I got into recording mostly because I wanted to have like some backing tracks to practice my guitar lessons over. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, I got a, you know, four track tape recorder eventually, then traded that out and up and buddy of mine and I bought some actual serious music production hardware, like some ADAT machines oh, and wow. a mixer recording on VHS tapes, oh, wow. <laughs> which Dude, is that's crazy. pretty insane. Like you, you sync these two machines up. Um, but it was awesome. It was like a dream come true. For sure. And yeah, then eventually got into the computer because, uh, that was happening and it made a lot of the like crazy stuff I was trying to do a lot easier. Yeah. It's a lot easier to hit delete on a computer than it is to like reel yeah, a tape machine, <laughs> cut tape. Remember when you used to record over your recording and then it'd be gone? Yeah. <laughs> like, nope. That doesn't happen. We have undo. Yeah. It's incredible. No, undo is one of the greatest gifts to humanity. Yeah. Yeah. And just from there, um, learning how to do that stuff. Um, I was on pro tools cause I, you know, I didn't know anything about music software except that there was pro tools. So I got that and eventually went to logic and then I got caught up in Ableton live yeah. really like kind of by accident. It was like, so I was rewiring live into logic for a long time until I started to realize I'm not doing anything in logic anymore. I'm doing everything inside of live. Why am I even opening yeah. it anymore? Yeah, I, I went through a big phase of like trying to get every single piece of software and plug in I could. <laughs> you thinking like that was the secret to making I think music. we all have at some point. You, know? you see that Facebook ad and you're yeah. like, oh, if I want to be good, I need this. I need to go buy this. Right. And finally, I realized like, wow, I've spent the last three months just downloading software and I haven't made any music. Yeah. So I really hunkered down on live and I was like, I'm not even going to worry about any other plugins, just focus in on what's in there and get to know it well. And that was a really smart decision looking back because 
you, you can have a billion tools and not know how to use them, but you're way better off having a few things and understanding them really well. No, that is, that's absolutely true. That's been my experience as well. And uh, anybody I've taught Ableton to, uh, it's usually that story. It's it's like, hey, I found this really fancy plugin, but I don't know I don't know how to use Ableton. So it's like, okay, cool. Well, you can go much farther if you actually know how to use like the ground up tools before you yeah. start buying the fancy stuff. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it, it's so easy to get into that trap, but for sure, man. Well, let's focus a little bit then, shall we? Let's let's look into the audio effects um, in Ableton, and I'm going to let you share your screen. So let's focus in on you real quick. I would just say maybe share with us um, one of the first things in the audio effects tab in Ableton that you love and how you use it. Well. The first thing is going to be maybe boring on the surface, but so handy. Uh, just the shortcut to use the search in the browser yes. um, on a Mac, it's command F. So I can hit command F and start typing. So I want my glue compressor. I just type in mm -hmm. glue, hit the down arrow, enter, and there it is. And I find that so much faster than going to the tab, clicking, yep. scrolling down, looking for, oh, there that it is. True. It, it might save you five, 10 seconds each time. And if you think about how many times you load devices into your projects, that's going to add up real fast. Do it 10 times in a session and you've saved yourself five minutes. Yep. Shortcuts are beautiful, aren't they? I would say the collections yeah. is also nice. I see you've got a nice collection of colors over there in your browser too. Yeah, I'm trying to, I'm still working this out a little bit, but I think I have a system I like. Um, and yeah, collections, another organizational thing. I've got one for hardware instruments. So this was actually something I was thinking of talking about, but um, these are um, instrument racks with external instrument devices oh, nice. set up. And then, then a whole chain of like effects that I like to use, filters, echoes, a chorus. And it's all set up to macros. So when I have my interface connected and all my you know synths plugged in through USB, I can just drop this on the track and boom, I got my MS-20 ready to go. And I got a filter inside a live that's mapped. Nice. So I did like a hardware one. Anything hardware I set up with either the external audio effect or the um, external instrument. Yeah, no, I started doing that recently when I got my uh, Sub-37, my Moog. And I do the same thing. Mm, you just nice. grab those macros and do some weird stuff with it. Yeah, because like for me... Any extra setup is a chance for me to fall out of the zone and the vibe of the yeah. music I'm doing. So I, I want to, you know, make the uh, time from idea to execution as quick as possible. Right. And if I have to set up, if I have to go, okay, external instrument, set it up, set up the input, set up the outputs. Yep. That, that's that's not fun, you know. That's and then you hear the dryer like <laughs> beep goes off, and you go downstairs to do laundry, and then like next thing you know, you never actually made music. You get distracted, right? Yeah, for sure. Cool. Exactly. Well, that's good. Yeah. So the the function command you showed for quick searching, and then um, yeah, audio effects. What a uh, what are some audio effects tips that you do in addition to that? So let's see. Um, okay, so one of my favorite things to do with a synthesizer, whether it's digital or, um, you know, in the box, I, I love the old school sound where they're kind of out of tune. They're not quite yeah. perfect in pitch. And, and as a guitar player and any guitar players out there can tell you, your guitar is never perfectly in tune. It's never perfectly intonated. <laughs> yeah. 
it's it's close but sometimes when you throw a guitar over like a digital synth that's like hitting you know a 440 100% without any deviation right. it sounds weird so I like to use the frequency shifter on a lot of stuff Ooh. and sometimes I'll even put it on my whole mix um, really? you set the phase to zero you put that on, yeah and what I master? do sometimes okay. if I'm feeling yeah. crazy so I'll I'll set the amount to like two hertz, okay. maybe really something really small at a really slow rate. And what this will just do is very slowly move the pitch. Oh, weird. It gives it kind of a slow, slowly, warbly so, type of sound, I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. As if like the oscillators are drifting. Okay. Um, it, if you go much over two or three, you start to really hear it. But if you keep it low and slow, yeah. It's just more like a vibe well, thing. Ableton released their tape device. Uh, it was about a year and a half ago or so. And I know that you can do a very similar kind of effect with that tape device as well. You can make it with, the, I think it's the color knob or one of those knobs. You can make it kind of a little warbly sounding. The tape device, which one is that? Yeah, I'm so not, Ableton released their, if you just uh, go to like Google and type in Ableton tape device, um, that you can mm. download it for free. Um, and it gives it kind of like a oh, cool. tape saturation kind of sound. Uh, makes it sound warmer and thicker and fatter. It's awesome for anything, you know, like the old tape machine emulations. So uh, it yeah. sounds good, though. Like, definitely check that out. It does that kind of color warble kind of effect you were describing. But there's always like 20 ways to do anything in Ableton, right? <laughs> like, there's no one size yeah. fits all. That's beautiful. Well, I did a. One of the like uh, most popular um, racks that I ever did, uh, maybe I called the VCR, yeah, the VCR rack. <laughs> um, nice VCR rack. I think this is it. No, that's not it. Oh man, Where, I probably don't have rack in it. That's probably the problem. Okay, well you're doing that. Okay. I'll I'll take a turn. We'll just kind of have the popcorn day. Yeah. We'll just go back and forth. Um. Cool. Let me focus in my screen so you can see real quick. So one thing I like to do on the master, you were talking about master effects or effects that you put on your master that affect everything. Um, one thing I like to do is I learned this from one of my buddies years and years ago. Um, like right before a drop, if he has like a really big buildup, what he'll do is he'll drop the utility on the master. And then with that utility, he will uh, go to the width and he'll automate the width. So right before the drop as it's building, he'll like start automating the width to go down. So it makes it more mono. Mm. Um, and, and then like right when the drop actually hits, he like takes the width back up to zero or even boosts it up a little bit to like 110%. And it just makes everything sound really narrow and skinny. And then when the drop hits, it sounds way more full and a lot bigger. Nice. That That's a great case in point of like the power of contrast yeah in order to have that next section sound big and wide and huge it has mm -hmm. to be compared to something that's not something yeah. that's thin or or maybe exactly because like yeah something like width is a relative term it's only wide compared to something that's not wide and it's true i think that's the same thing that goes to say with like um bassy or loud um loud is only loud compared to something that's quiet 
Right. So you need to have something quiet or else your loud part doesn't sound loud. And then you have different <laughs> types of loudness. It's like perceived loudness versus like LUFS full scale, like all these types of, we could nerd out on that right. subject all day long for sure. Um, cool. All right. We'll go ahead and share something. It's your turn. All right. Well, just to go back to this thing, I found it. Um, the way I set this up, like a VCR, set up a whole bunch of frequency shifters in there. Oh, so wow. there's actually three of them. And That's on these cool. controls, I call, call it the wow and flutter control. But now you have like three different like movements to your chest. So they start to like, it feels more random, I guess. Yeah. than like just a predictable sine wave. That's super cool. Yeah, like, to, and that's like the point to kind of, I'm always fighting the perfection of the computer. I, I I miss the days in a weird way of when my recordings sounded terrible. <laughs> they had like eight hits. <laughs> You know, there's something to be said about like, yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. I was just going to say, there's something to be said about like ignorance is bliss when it comes to producing music. Cause you really, I feel like when you start to have people tell you like, this is how it's done, you start to almost kind of overstructurize and lose some of the playfulness in your productions, you know? And like some of my favorite songs, like you were saying is like when I literally had no idea what I was doing (laughs) I was just like, throwing stuff on i was like what does this sound like what would this sound like and just turning knobs and screwing with stuff and you find the most happiest of accidents and it's great yeah yeah you you, it's easy to like kind of close your mind to that stuff and forget that there's a lot of um a lot of our rules are just like conventions that tend to work yeah and they're not necessarily like you have to do it that way right for sure So you, so you build a lot, you use the audio effects rack a lot, obviously. And yeah. um, one thing that I was reading up on last night, actually, even, um, was using the cabinet effect for guitars. And I never mm-hmm. really used this, but apparently there's a fair amount of people saying it's a really cool idea. And it was actually even in Ableton's manual. And what they do is they create, let me focus in on my screen so you can see real quick. Um, what they do is for a guitar channel, they'll layer multiple cabinets um, in the audio effect rack. So they'll create multiple chains with the cabinet. And then when they do that, they'll change the microphone. So you've got because mul- usually on a mic cab, you'll have uh, more right. than one mic on the cabinet. So they'll have like one near and then one off. And then they can just blend them together. Um, the mixing controls of the audio effects rack and uh even change the speaker on one or the other and then you can kind of really blend in and tone in the sound on that and then usually with um a cabinet you usually want an amp behind it i personally use guitar rig which is a third-party plugin but i find that you can get some pretty cool sounds out of ableton's amp if you know what you're doing so then i would just kind of drop an amp behind each one of those or you could drop an amp behind the entire audio effects rack behind both chains um, but that's a cool way you can really dial in a sound with uh, the cabinet if you're doing like a guitar effect or something. Yeah, I made something like that once um, and it is available for free download on my website. Well, there you go. Well, uh, what, how do people get there? Tell us. Uh, AfroDJMac.com. Uh, I do have a search bar at the bottom of the page. That might be the easiest way to tell you right now off the top of my head. But well, um, We can include a link to it in the show notes. So we'll have links to all your stuff in the notes for this podcast episode as well. Yeah. So essentially this rack is kind of what you said. Um, I didn't, I guess I didn't put an amp on there yet, but, um, you can always throw that in, but it's, it's two cabinets, two chains, 
and you can adjust uh, the volume of each cabinet and then the like uh, type of cabinet, what kind of speaker you want. Right on. And then the mic, mic. Yeah, it's exactly what you're saying, just in a in a rack already. Yep. But you're right. Like um, the way I was sort of thinking about it was when you mic a guitar amp, you might have the close mic and then a room mic. Sure. Just to kind of that, but with this, you can also just change like the kind of speaker. So it could be like you're plugging into two different guitar cabinets and this isn't just for guitars this is like anything and pedal cabinet like putting them together and then putting whatever you want through it vocals even you can get some really cool sounds they're they're great like tone shapers oh absolutely man i love pedal yeah it does Um, sound really good even putting it on a vocal like i did that once to give it like a real distorted sound i mean you'll get like jack white he's got that like blasted kind of like oversaturated voice putting a pedal on somebody's voice can kind of really give them that distorted grit too, which is nice. Um, I like the overdrive the best on that. And that idea kind of getting back to what you said of like trying things that might not be, you might not necessarily do that as according to the rules, run run vocal through guitar amp, but you'll get a cool effect and it might fit your track nicely. Yeah. So we'll share with us another one. What's a, what's another audio effect. I really like taking the glue compressor. And not even worrying about compressing too much, but having it with the soft clip on. And the makeup gain up. Yeah, and start cranking the makeup gain. Yeah. And then duplicating it a couple times. <laughs> and then you, yeah. what you probably want is a utility at the end to lower the volume of everything. Because mm-hmm. it's going to get loud. And, and you should really do this first. <laughs> Protect so yourself. With, so share with us, what does that do? It's just combining these like really warm digital distortions and it's so important i do the soft clip otherwise you get like a real harsh crackle but it it just layers on these distortions and you can get some just really fat and very analog sounding distortions really as if you just had some gear you're just overloading level into you're breaking the gain stage rules technically i guess but it's 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 for an effect and um yeah, but drums. The, the rules are all subjective when when it comes yeah. to this. what what is the rule really? Um, that's cool. I see that a lot in bass music as well. Um, like people who have like fat, heavy bass synths will do that a lot too. I've seen in different tracks, people throw a glue compressor on there, like two or three instances, and then they'll just keep gain staging it and slamming it that way, kind of a brick wall, so to speak, of sound. Huh. Yeah, it's not going to be a clean, beautiful recording anymore. <laughs> You're parting with that idea. <laughs> right. Sweet, man. I'll, I guess I'll share one quick thing. Uh, one thing I love to do is take the ping pong delay and mm. use the freeze function on it. Um, and then I like to reverse like the vocals, like freeze and flatten it. For example, if I had a vocal or just like a a one shot of a guitar riff or something, then I'll go in here and I'll just kind of freeze and flatten the track. Like I said, if there's like a one shot of a guitar or a synth or something, then I'll just take that ping pong delay and using um, the dry wet, like you can turn it all the way up and then you can just choose the freeze function, this little F right here and just turn that guy on. Um, and it'll just capture that instance of the sound being fed through the ping pong. And then doing some kind of additional automation as it's being frozen with the ping pong could be cool, like playing with the filter. And then um, and then once that sound is captured, just going in and freezing the track and then flattening the track 
and then um, reversing that sound. And you can just do some really crazy stuff. And then if you want to even get crazier with that, once you get that really spacey, delayed out kind of sound, you could throw that in a simpler and then um, play it back sustained or a sampler. And you could play it back sustained as like its own pad type of thing. I've done that a few times. It's kind of fun. Yeah, reverb has that too. Yeah, that freeze fun. It's it's a great little uh, little touch. You know, I have it set up on my like performance rig where I again I I'm using a um what do you call it an audio effect rack. I'll have uh you know, put the reverb on there and group it into an audio effect, and I'll put uh, the dry wet to macro one, and I'll also take the freeze and put that to macro one but I'll map it so that freeze doesn't come on until the very end when it gets to 100%. Oh, nice. So, you know, I'm turning up my reverb, turning up my reverb. If I'm really going nuts, boom, freeze comes on. Oh, at cool. 100%. And that's, now I've got this like kind of wash of sound and that sometimes will buy me time to switch into another track or set something else up. Oh, that's smart. You know, yeah. And like you said, the sampling, it's a great idea too. Maybe even putting like a, you know, like a sidechain compressor after it to give it like the pump with the kick. Yeah, yeah, totally. That's cool, man. But it's a, one of my little secrets to like transitioning between songs. Because yep. after after you do this, you, like you said, you can filter it. You can do all kinds of things to it. Yeah, I call that my oh crap effect. It's like the fade. <laughs> I think it's like the technical term. A lot of people call it is like a fade to gray or whatever. And I, uh -huh. that's, that's like my backup when I'm like, I don't know how to get to the next song. Let's just turn this up and then I'll, I'll just do it. Yeah. And you can stop all your clips at that point and the reverb will just go on forever until you yep. tell it to stop. That's true. Which is something you have to remember. <laughs> yeah. So it's not the whole <laughs> track. Yeah, an hour, an hour of just spacey sound. Yeah. Yeah. It's real experimental. Cool, dude. That's, that's good stuff. I love that. Audio effects rack for the win once again. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What's a what's another thing? What's another audio effect that you use inside of there? Well, since we're on the subject um, of delays, oh, uh, the ping pong delay. I think uh, I, I think you do it a little different on Echo, but like on ping pong delay, yeah. on all the delays, right click on the menu bar and the different modes. Um, Repitch is oh, yeah. what I. Yeah will create that old school delay like a tape delay where when you slow down the pitch it slows down the delay or or maybe it's vice versa you speed up the pitch one or the other you'll you'll see when you start turning the the time knobs though you'll hear the kind of <laughs> how was that again can you do that one more time first yeah okay, i should sample that that sounded good <laughs> um but repitch is my i set that as the default that's maybe something else worth pointing out you can save your presets as default so that when you drop it on a track yeah that's what you get yep and that'll save it in the user library for all of you newbies but yeah yeah no that is nice having your own library of your own sounds kind of goes back to that point of saying you know when you feel inspired or when you start to know what you want being able to grab it in the moment really quick so you can just keep producing or keep moving forward um right yeah, definitely saving your presets. So with Echo, uh, one of my favorite ways to misuse Echo is to not even run sound through it at all. You just crank it up to 100% and you turn on the noise and uh, turn that amount up and you get the machine noise, right? Oh, yeah. And if you, if you crank up the feedback, 
which I know you're not hearing this, but it's starting to make a lot of noise. And then you can go into the filter, kind of like white noise sweeps with yeah. them. Yeah, it's like a riser, basically. Yeah. And if you if you have push, um, the way they've laid it out is really nice because the feedback and the filter controls are right next to each other. If the feedback gets too out of control, just filter everything out. <laughs> you oh, don't yeah. even have to worry about it. You can pull it back in. Yeah, I love and, I love the upgrades with ten and the push two um, with the displays. Like it's not even the same controller as the push one anymore. There's so much more detail you yeah. get into the brain of that for the stuff you just described. Yeah, I always wanted to get like one of those Roland Space or Chorus Echoes. Um, yeah, this kind of you know it's, quenched my appetite a little bit. This is a lot faster. <laughs> yeah, I don't have to fix it. Right, it's true. <laughs> because. Anyone I know that has those, it's like you're constantly like kind of repairing it, you know. Yeah. It's mechanical. It's got tape in the top and that gets messed up. And no, Echo is always gonna sound the same every time you open it up. That's yeah. that is the the benefit of digital versus analog. But I think when you marry both, it's a beautiful day. Yeah, there's no reason to choose, right? For sure. All right. Well, I'll go next. Um, one of the things I really like to do is uh, play with the vocoder and actually putting a vocoder on drums. Um, mm. Like if you get like a drum loop or are behind your drum rack, um, you can kind of get some really good crunchy sounding drums this way. Playing with the unvoiced a little bit and then usually turning on enhanced with the carrier. Um, you could leave it on noise or you could use it on um, modulator and play with the dry wet control you can get some really kind of cool crunchiness with your drums also messing with the depth as well and kind of balancing it out that way so that's another thing i love is playing with the vocoder and then obviously you can always use the external the vocoder if you wanted to like have your voice or you know one sound kind of mimic another sound as it's being played mm. there you go dan's tip of the day yeah, in speaking with drums and vocoders, it can be kind of cool to have like a chord held down on, uh, what would this be, the carrier, I guess, and um, have like, say, a hi-hat triggering it so you get like these rhythmic chords yeah. and you can actually just play the, the synth. If you have like a looping totally. chord, say, on, and then you can just kind of play the notes with your hands just by tapping like a hi-hat yeah. or something. It's a great idea. I'm going to try that when we hang up. It sounds cool. <laughs> yeah, there's there's some other really good audio effects that actually came out in packs. Uh, there was the Creative Extensions pack and oh, yeah, yeah. the audio effects that came out, what, like a couple months ago? And they, yeah. they the pitch hack is pretty sweet. Like this thing's kind of fun if you want to do any kind of riser or build up. Like you could throw this on a hi-hat and just crank it up and do some weird pitching with hi-hats. Um, you could also do that in the simpler itself, obviously, but uh, you can do some really cool riser stuff with the pitch hack as well. That thing's kind of fun. Yeah, I've been using the color limiter a bit. Oh, yeah. Um, yes. And like in that spirit of dirtying things up. <laughs> the spirit of dirtiness. Yeah, the color limiter yeah. is a win. I really like that a lot, yeah. Um, gate, uh, gated delay has some really cool kind of pumping effects as well. And I know that the echo also has, um, a gate inside of it and that mm -hmm. you can do some cool things with like pumping vocals, messing with the echo before we jump off the echo. That was one thing I really love to do is grabbing a vocals. If you go into the modulation tab, or I'm sorry, the character tab, and it was not the gate, but the ducking. That's what I meant. And you can duck, okay. you can duck the sound itself out of the way. 
and then adjust yeah. the release time and you can make it and by adjusting the dry wet control and adding maybe like a ton of reverb maybe pull the dry wet a lot lower you can get like kind of a cool pumping sound in the background with vocals especially if you're into like some kind of like house music or whatever you can have like that side chaining ducking within itself is kind of nice and it doesn't have to be vocals it could be anything else that's one thing i love using the echo yeah that's really handy if you want to sort of like have your cake and eat it too with delay because if you put too much delay on things it gets hard to understand but by having that that um ducking going on after the delay it, it lets your vocal come in clear and then the delay comes out and a lot of people use return tracks for that as well you know to kind of dry wet blend the dry signal and that wet sound too and you can always side chain on a return track and kind of get that effect like i said like we talked about there's like six billion ways to do everything yeah i use that on guitars a lot um like especially electric guitars so say like i have a rhythm guitar and a lead guitar I'll put a compressor on the rhythm guitar and have it listen to the lead guitar. So it'll kind of get out of the way when the lead plays and then come back up. Just just because uh, they're usually competing frequencies going on with two guitars. And it's a nice way to, to get a loud rhythm guitar with, with energy, but also have the rhythm move out of the way for the lead. Yep, for sure. Yeah, man, I love it. I could do this all day long. Um, we've got maybe like five or six minutes left. So let's keep chugging through here. I want to pick your brain on some more of this. What's a, what's another audio effect that you use that maybe you don't put an effect rack in something that's just kind of a standalone that you use for itself? A standalone. Okay. Uh, the, okay. We'll go to Max for Live maybe again. There you go. To, uh, there, yeah, right here. Buffer shuffler. Yes, dude. I was going to put this on the list. This thing is so fun. I love it. Basically, it divides your audio into however many steps you want. And it's in real time. And you can rearrange like the order of how things happen. Right. So it's, it's like a kind of a, it's almost like when you slice to MIDI and then you rearrange the MIDI notes mm -hmm. and chop things up. But this is real time, which is cool. I like to use this. I set it to duplicate left and right so that they're in sync. But I like to just reverse everything. Whoops. If you hit this once, everything gets reversed. And then I will just uh, map a button to my on-off button. And if I hit buffer shuffler, it then does a real-time reverse of whatever it's hearing. Oh, cool. Yeah. So it's, yep. it's kind of like a beat repeat, but it's reversed. Yeah. Um, and you have way so more control just, than a beat repeat over like the pitch and the timing and everything else. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. You can, you can play around with all that stuff too. Um, and it's just, that's something I always like is a reverse sound, but usually it takes a little editing to get it, but yeah. with buffer shuffler, you can just turn it on and once it catches it, it just starts reversing. Yep. It's a cool way to just add a little, almost like fills I use it for in live performance. Yeah. That thing's super fun. Even like instant vocal chopping. That's what I used it for. Like the first time I uh -huh. found it, I had like, I accidentally dropped it onto the lead vocal and it was just like this crazy chopped up, sounded like Marshmallow or any other like future bassy artist you've ever listened to. Like, you know what I'm talking about? It's like that chopped high pitched vocal squeak thing. And it was cool. Yeah. I was like, oh, wow, this is interesting. Yeah, actually, maybe the, I'm using the old one right here, huh? This is a, the new one is, yeah, this one has like the stutter. The gate is used number two. Yeah. <laughs> it's way better. Number two um, 
But like you said, it's got the gate, the pitch, all this stuff, the panning even. You can go nuts with it. It's a really cool effect. And I, I always forget about it, honestly. But I have it set up in the live performance um, you know, template that I use. Just so I don't even think about it. Right. Yeah, there's that's part of the um, Max for Live Essentials pack, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. The drum bus, I have to give a shout out to the drum bus. I, yes, we that's, do. <laughs> yeah, it's worthy of speaking about. This thing is really cool. Um, one thing that I found really valuable, Thomas Falds, he came to the Indianapolis Ableton user group and did a presentation and kind of blew my mind. That was when first or when 10, Ableton 10 first came out. And so mm-hmm. this was like brand new. I hadn't, hadn't had a chance to play with it. And he's like, yeah, check this out. Just he's like, if you like throw this on like a kick drum or even just like an entire drum group, like a drum rack, and you can really dial in the boom to kind of get your kicks and the low frequency of your drums to tune to the track. So if I know that my track is in the key of, say, uh, F sharp, well, then I can go and I can tune the frequency and then because keys and notes are tuned to a certain frequency range, right? I can look and say, okay, 45 hertz. If I look below at the bottom of the drum bus, it tells me that's in the range of F sharp. So then mm-hmm. I can click this little button and I can hit the headphone jack so I can really only hear um, that frequency range and I can cut back the decay so it's not super boomy. So the sustain of like the kick drum isn't like, overkilling or playing like too long so i can dial it into the timing of the song with the decay and then i can turn up the boom i usually don't go overkill because then you can just make it like super boomy and your speakers are sound all dirty and bad but turning up the boom a little bit to like 40 or 50 percent can really give you more of that low-end presence in your drums and i find that's a really fun thing to do with the drum bus i don't know what are, what are some ways that you use the drum bus i've actually had a lot of fun of using it on a podcast, believe it or not, on a voice. <laughs> really? Did a talk, uh, I think it was with Ethan Hine. And um, he, yeah, it was Ethan because he was in a classroom at NYU. And, you know, classrooms are big and usually like uh, kind of like tile flooring. So it was a little bit echoey. Yeah. You know, a lot of reverberation. And then once in a while you'd hear people in the hallways. Yeah. That transience control, I'll bring up a drum bus on my session here. Is a really powerful device because it lets you play with your transients. So if yeah. you turn it to the left, it emphasizes the transient, but it takes away the tail of your sound. So if you think of like a voice, it's pretty short, kind of staccato-y sounds, really. What I realized I could do to clean up that recording was turn the transients down, and it sort of kept the main word, but cut back on all the room noise. Cool. So it's almost in a sense acting similar to a gate in that sense. Right. Yeah, a little bit. Just a little smoother and softer. Yeah. Um, And you can really see this in action if you have a drum set before it that maybe has like a lot of room noise. Yeah. If you turn the transients down, it really like cuts out that room noise quite a bit. That's awesome. And conversely, if you turn it to the right, you really emphasize the room noise. Sure. You get more like more tail to everything and it's it's pretty cool like that too yeah yeah and but um even voice recordings spoken word it was really handy nice yeah i never thought about using a transient shaper to do something like that and i guess that would totally work yeah i, really, I was surprised at the results yeah that's super cool man 
Well, I'd say we got time for each of us to share one more. Um, I know that you've got other things to do today and like, I'm super thankful and grateful you joined us on the podcast and have this video for anybody that joins the membership. Um, but yeah, let's, let's definitely dive in. Um, I'll share one more and then we'll have you close us out for the day. Obviously we could sit here for the next 12 hours and continue to have new things to talk about. Right. Yeah. Which, you know, if we had more time in a day, that would be a beautiful thing. If I had to choose one more, um, I'd have to say probably last but not least for me would be the looper. I just think this is such a brilliant device. I've played with a lot of different analog looping pedals out there and different MIDI controllers. Um, I use the looper with a really basic uh, foot pedal. It's called Looptimus. But at Loop this year, I found there was a guy who was making a Max for Live device that uses the looper. And basically, he kind of hacked the looper and made it his own. Uh, but it's a new looping pedal that's on Kickstarter right now. It's called State of the Loop. Uh, it's a guy named Pierre, and he, he's like this crazy French dude. And he was at Loop, and he was awesome, and he gave us a demo. It's on our website, on our blog, on Live Producers Online, if you guys want to check it out. But he basically hacked the looper and built out a pedal to go with it, and it works brilliantly. Like, it gives you way more control with the looper and being able to trigger loops on top of loops and take them away and have them interact with scenes independently, and it's crazy. So check that out. It's called State of the Loop. But I'd say the looper's fun. I use it for my guitar and my drums. Um, I play like a Roland SPD um, pad and I'll play that live and I'll run it through the looper. Um, I usually just let it record like two bars and then hit play. And then I'll just uh, MIDI map these playback controls for the looper and the record control. This thing's really fun too because if I'm actually practicing for like a live performance and I come up with a really cool idea, what I'll do is I'll like just record it into the looper and then you can instantly if you have any kind of audio in the looper area, then you can use this little drag me button and I can drag it and use it as like a two or a four bar loop um, to play live or to save later if I want to use it in the song. So that's one thing I love looper for. But I think it's just a simple easy way to do live looping or just even looping in the studio in that context like i just said and there's yeah, a reverse button too device. so you can reverse stuff uh -huh. in real time <laughs> yeah the speed too <laughs> yeah and the speed yeah. yeah there's a million things in here i love about the reverse is you can reverse something and then hit reverse again and record over the reverse and like have all these like kind of back and forth loops going yeah and then it saves you having audio clips like in session view if you're recording multiple audio clips because you can just record say maybe two or three loops into one and then drag that audio straight out of there mm. so it's all married into one clip for you yeah but that's nice it's a good day Thanks. Thanks, Looper. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Well, let's uh, let's have you close this out. We got time for for maybe one more thing that you want to share. Um, I know obviously there's a billion audio effects in here, and they're all great. Let's let's have you bestow upon us one more great audio effect. Okay, I'm gonna talk about a Max for Live device, um, Convolution Reverb. Oh yeah, that's nice. It's awesome. It's an amazing device. It's if you're not familiar with convolution reverb, um, basically you are taking, it's like you're sampling the reverb of a real place and you can go in and they've got a ton of different places that have all these different samples. Um, you can record your own though. So it's really simple. If you just have your phone even, 
and just clap your hands in a space that has a cool reverb and just record that long tail of your, you know, your clap and just however long the tail goes. And you can just drop those right inside here and have your own spaces, your own, uh, you know, convolution reverbs. And I've got a few that I've made myself um, in some of these folders here. But one thing you can do is, again, abuse it. So it doesn't have to be the proper, like, I clap my hands and then I get the you know, nice impulse, they call them, and put it in here and get a reverb. You can put rhythmic things in there. You can put all kinds of stuff. And it just sort of like melds these two recordings together. And if you guys, if you're familiar with uh, Diego Stacco, he did this whole series called Rhythmic Convolutions. I mean, there's a ton of them. He does rhythmic things and puts it in the... Uh, convolution reverb and then when you say like play a drum like just a snare it'll kind of delay and do all this weird kind of moving stuff because he's really abusing the capabilities and the intention of the reverb by putting things in there that are not really supposed to be there <laughs> yeah happy accidents right yeah it, it's there's just so much you can do with it and if you if you're looking for ways to just explore with sound, um, or if you found like a room, like maybe there's like a a, a stairway at my job, it sounds awesome. You know, it reverbs for like twenty seconds. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, yeah. Or or I was in um San Francisco, or yeah, it was Mere Woods out there anyway on the West Coast in California, and it's the big redwood forest, and um. The, it just had such a cool reverb, cool natural reverb. So just clapped my hands, recorded it, and dropped that into this convolution reverb. And and now, you know, I've got like, uh, I got it right here. <laughs> this is also a free download from my site. <laughs> Shame, shameless promotion, dude. Share it. Yeah, that, shameless. This is good. This is why we have you on the podcast today, so people can get this stuff. Um, but yeah, this is uh, just the little rack I made based on that sample from Mere Woods. You can see this little reverb there and yeah you can get some controls that's very but cool it's just important to like i i like to just emphasize to people like get your own sounds you know it's really simple today you probably have a phone that records things and experiment like that's how you come up with your own style your own way of doing things yeah that makes you stand out a little no, that's true, man. That is true. I think it's hard finding that balance of like knowing your own sound and continuing to experiment and find what's cool and like kind of develop and break outside the box of of what you know. Right. But yeah, this is good, man. Thank you for sharing all this stuff. Uh, we'll have this video. Oh, you too. We'll have this. I took notes. <laughs> yeah, so did I, man. I'm probably going to go back and listen to this and take more later for sure. But uh, we'll have links to um, Brian's website, Afro DJ Mac. We'd love to have you back another day, man. Uh, this has been great. Sure, yeah. Thanks for letting us pick your brain for the last 45 minutes to an hour and uh, look forward to, to listening more to your podcast as well. The uh, Music Producer Podcast. Is that is that right? Music Production. Music Production Podcast. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Music Production Podcast. Yeah, yeah we'll have no a link to that as well in the show notes here. And then, as I mentioned earlier in the episode, um, we'll have a video of the screenshots of Brian and I going back and forth and sharing these tips with audio effects and stuff. Um, if you want to watch it, you can go to liveproducersonline.com slash join. Um, and then when you join, uh, you want to either choose the basic or the pro plan. Um, we are having the Black Friday sale, right? Because everybody is spending money they don't have right now for the holidays. So if you, we have 50% off any membership if you use the discount code GOBBLE. So 
G-O-B-B-L-E. Just type in Gobble for the Basic or Pro membership. Um, and then you guys will be able to have access to this video and all the other videos in our events page that we've had, as well as courses and track feedback from producers and doing private lessons with other certified trainers. But once again, thanks Afro DJ Mac. Uh, by the way, quick question. How did you get that name? I just need to know. <laughs> The question is, how am I going to get rid of it? <laughs> um, it, like it, it's, it, it? I don't know. It's just play on words, aphrodisiac. And, uh, <laughs> you know, when, when, I, well, when I first put out like a download, it was a free Ableton Live pack. You know, I just did it under that name. It was nothing I intended to really stick with. <laughs> That's <laughs> but so funny. I got in this thing like, oh, wow, a lot of people downloaded it. You know, I, I can't change it now. No, <laughs> you know, there's a hundred people that know me. It's, and, it's so. original, man. It's, it's wonderful. It's yeah. <laughs> probably good for search optimization as well. Typing on Google, you know, maybe I guess it's definitely take you to me easier to find <laughs> you. Yeah, no, that's, yeah. I, that's hilarious though. I was just curious. It's <laughs> a good story. Well, dude, thanks again, Brian, for joining us. Uh, Afro DJ Mac, everybody um, go to his website, AfroDJMac.com. Um, and we will have you back sometime in the future, man. Hopefully, um, we'll have links to all of his stuff, social website, podcast that you guys can check out. Go check that out. Give him some love, support him. Um, you have free effects racks that you sell as well as once people can purchase from your site, correct? Yeah, there's a ton of free stuff. Um, and then there's like bigger things that you can purchase if you want to help support the cause and get some, yes. what I think are cool sounds. Well, everybody go uh, support the cause because <laughs> starving artist life for all of us. And there's like, <laughs> we got to support each other. That's what it's about. Thanks, man. I appreciate you. Thanks for taking the time. Um, we'll have this podcast out for everybody. Everybody, Black Friday. Um, this is going all the way until November 30th now. So uh, that should give you plenty of time. Gobble is the discount code. 50% off any membership plans for liveproducersonline.com. Go check it out. Thanks, Brian. Much love to you, dude. We will see you again another time. And uh, yeah, cool. thanks for hanging out. Thanks a lot, Dan. This was awesome. Yeah, man. I'll see you later. You too. All right. Peace. This podcast is sponsored by LiveProducersOnline.com, a community of Ableton Live users connecting you to the pros to learn today's music production.